Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. I think in every situation, there's always an opportunity and to find that opportunity and to see how we can adapt a situation or a team or a product to the changing world. The COVID situation showed how quickly we all had to switch gears, change, but we've made it into an opportunity for us. Welcome to the Business of Marketing, brought to you by Adweek and SAP. The Business of Marketing is where you get to hear from business leaders and innovators on how CMOs work collaboratively with their C-suite partners to drive business transformation. So, for anyone who is a CMO or aspiring to join the C-suite, this podcast will provide you with a deep dive into how to create cross-functional teams, establish clear internal communications, invest in customer centricity, drive technology innovation, and develop talent for the future. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Welcome back to the Business of Marketing and the first episode of season two. I'm your host, Toby Daniels. I am so excited to be back with you all for another incredible season of the podcast. Over the next 10 episodes, we will continue our conversations with some of the world's most innovative and purpose-driven executives who will be sharing how they work collaboratively with the C-suite and their colleagues to drive business transformation and impact the world in positive ways. Joining us in the coming weeks, we are absolutely honored to have Hulu's president, Kelly Campbell, 
who will be discussing taking on her new role during the pandemic and navigating the competitive world of streaming. We also have social platform Snap Inc.'s chief business officer. We have men's hygiene brand Harry's Inc.'s general manager, AccuWeather's president, and Bacardi Rum's global SVP on the show. The Business of Marketing is brought to you in partnership with Adweek and SAP. And to kick off season two, I sat down with Alexa Gorman, who is the SVP and global head of foundries and entrepreneurship at SAP.io. Since 2017, SAP.io has helped 300 external startups and internal ventures accelerate their growth while enabling thousands of SAP customers to access innovation. With over 20 years of experience in business development and strategy in the tech industry, it would be hard to find someone more qualified to lead the company's early stage startup acceleration and incubation programs across the world than Alexa Gorman. During the conversation, we discussed her career at SAP that spans over two decades and how SAP is building the next generation partner ecosystem and also their commitment to inclusivity by pledging to accelerate 200 startups from underrepresented founders. Throughout season two of the business of marketing, we will also be spotlighting a selection of startup companies working with SAP.io, including The Mum Project, Mentor Spaces, Link, and Brenify. Interested in joining the SAP.io Foundries program? Well, applications are now open for the fall 2021 program in San Francisco and New York. The program will focus on supporting B2B technology startups across the world with solutions in energy innovation, responsible and ethical sourcing, environmental and emission management, and carbon tracking. Don't forget to subscribe to the Business of Marketing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And of course, listen to past episodes by clicking the link in the podcast description. Thank you again for listening to the Business of Marketing, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Alexa Gorman from SAP. Alexa, it's great to meet you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Toby, for having me. All right. Well, we need a lot of time to even begin scratching the surface of your over 20-year career with SAP. But there are a few key themes that I want to explore with you today, including how to drive meaningful and sustainable change from within an existing company or team. But first, let's set the stage a little bit by discussing your early career days. So you joined SAP back in 1999 in the retail space. Uh, Since then, you've led various teams and initiatives from marketing to strategy, both in New York and Paris, before finally joining SAP.io in Berlin in 2017. So talk us through this journey. And also, what have you learned over the course of, of the last 20 years? What are some of those primary highlights that you can share with our audience? Yeah, first of all, it's hard to believe that it is 20 years, but I had a lot of great opportunities at SAP to always learn more, to continuously develop into different areas. And like you rightly said, I started in the marketing business development area. I moved then more into a strategic role when I moved to Paris 
where I spent 12 years working in many different strategy roles. I led a portfolio team and was really able to build a valuable network within SAP in that time. I think one of the reasons that I've been at SAP so long and had so many different roles and opportunities to continuously grow has been some really great managers who've accompanied me on that um, journey and who really supported growth opportunities um, and encouraged me to look for new growth opportunities within the company. At the same time, I think it was also on my side an openness to look for new opportunities. So when I moved to New York, I was building a relationship with the lead for marketing at the time for North America, for the retail product and by that, through that collaboration and through that network, was able then to also relocate um, to New York and had a, a fantastic experience there. And in 2014, the former chief of strategy contacted me and you know came up with the proposal to open a location focused on startup acceleration in Berlin. And that's where my journey then in the startup world started here in Berlin and continue then to build out that network of accelerator programs that we have in all of EMEA. And since then, May, I've been leading these activities now on a global basis with a really terrific team. You know, it's interesting, a number of the people that we've interviewed on this podcast have credited the people that they've surrounded themselves with as a primary sort of driver of growth. And it seems that when you think about career growth or business growth, or even like business transformation, sometimes we forget that it's the people and the teams and also the communities that we connect to and engage with that oftentimes can have this like outsized impact on growth and on how we progress and, and develop, whether it's individually in our roles or, or even just as businesses. I have a quick follow-up question for you just in regards to SAP.io and in particular in terms of why you decided on Berlin specifically. There are so many startup ecosystems around the world. But why about Berlin and, and how have you benefited from at least starting out in that particular market? So we started out in Berlin in Europe. Before that, our very first location was actually in San Francisco. Then we opened New York. So the North American market was the first one that we went into. When we looked then at Europe, we and this was the same reason why we opened in San Francisco and New York, we took a look at where is the majority of the startup ecosystem, where are VCs located, where are startups um, going? And we have our headquarters, SAP's headquarters are in, in Waldorf, which is a small town near Heidelberg, so very different place to Berlin. But we recognize that if we want to really reach those very innovative founders, we need to go where they are. And that's why we opened the first location in Berlin. We've had, we now have other locations in Tel Aviv, in Paris, in Munich, in Europe, which are all really hotspots for a lot of the startup activity that we're seeing. So let's dig in even more. I'd love to get some kind of additional details and specifics around how SAP is building the next generation partner ecosystem. I understand this is being done through what you and your, your team describe as a win-win-win situation. Can you elaborate on this a little bit and share a bit more about what this looks like when you actually sort of put it into action? Sure. We like to call ourselves the matchmakers of the enterprise 
software world, because we try and bring both customers, startups, and SAP together. So we look into customer pain points and match their needs to the startups that we're seeing in the ecosystem that will best support their business transformation. So we are particularly focused on startups that complement our portfolio that can drive and provide additional innovation for SAP's um, customers. And since our launch um, in 2017, we've worked with and accelerated more than 300 external startups and also internal ventures while enabling thousands of SAP customers to access this kind of innovation. And that's why we deliver this threefold value proposition, like you rightly said, the win-win-win. It's a win for our SAP customers as we provide them with the latest cutting edge startup offerings, increasing the value of their investments into SAP solutions. It's a clear win for startups as they can better scale their businesses through access to our global customer base. We have over 450,000 customers across all industries, across all lines of businesses globally. And they can also leverage our support in integrating their solutions with SAP's portfolio. Often they need data out of an SAP system and we can help them in an accelerated fashion with that. And lastly, it's also a win for SAP, we're able to expand our offering to our customers that really includes the latest innovations in the markets. And at the same time, we're building out the next generation of partners for SAP. Uh, to, to make it a little concrete, we have we take an example of an SAP customer, ISS, who's a global facility services provider who complemented its existing SAP success factors recruiting solution with a startup that we're working with called Paradox. Paradox is a HR startup participated in the SAP IO Foundry San Francisco program back in 2019. Olivia, the, the conversational AI assistant from Paradox, helps ISS North America branch to engage and schedule candidates for interviews at scale to support its immediate hiring needs. And we're helping Paradox scale their business by providing this kind of access to a particular SAP customer. I think it's just fascinating. And, it, and it's a great segue actually to my next question, because your the work you're doing in this space has led you towards a particular focus on AI and machine learning startups. Can you talk a little bit about the opportunities in this space and, and how you envision its role in improving the tech industry, particularly through the lens of humanity and equality? So we're clearly seeing that AI is becoming a necessity to future-proof, if you will, any business. At SAP, we have fully embraced AI, machine learning. We're putting our efforts into ensuring our intelligent enterprise reality is infused with AI capabilities. So really looking at each of the processes of a company and how AI can augment those. With intelligent solutions and services, we're able to empower customers in the areas of like finance, smart retail, smart manufacturing, and, and many more different areas. And while AI has been or has long arrived in our private everyday lives with anything like facial recognition to unlock your smartphone or movie recommendations from Netflix, 
we're seeing that the situation is still very different when we look at enterprises and corporations around the world. And here, we still feel that many companies are still at the beginning. So there's a big potential for startup innovations to complement what we're doing at SAP in fields like big data, analytics, chatbots, process automation, computer vision, or facial recognition, just to make businesses also more efficient. And again, we have many companies have in our portfolio, many startups that we have in our portfolio in this space. And I can give you an example. Brenify, for example, uses a blend of machine learning, temporal algorithms, and local weather and holidays to predict buying patterns and proactively act on them. So the platform works in real time, delivering millions of individualized consumer experiences in seconds, something that wouldn't be possible without AI being infused into their solution or based their solution based on AI. What are some of the other sort of focus areas? You talked a little bit about like the different categories that the SAP.io startups fall into. To talk a little bit more about that, and also I'd love for you to share like any other specific startups that you're excited about. So when we run a program in any of our innovation hubs or foundries, as we call them, we typically choose a specific theme or that can be in a line of business or an industry. And we are seeing, we match the themes with the startups that we're seeing in a particular location, a particular geography, as well as also the customer demand and the questions and that customers are asking us. And when we hear that they're looking for particular areas that we're not covering at the moment. And so we want to be able to provide that innovation to them. So we're seeing currently a lot of customers looking for solutions, innovative solutions in the sustainability space, anything that you kind of call green tech, circular economy in this kind of space. So they're, I think, increasingly seeing that brands need to have a strong purpose and act on it. I think there's been a lot of commitments that have been made by many big companies that they will be CO2 neutral in five years, 10 years, but now they actually need to act on that and make sure that their companies are really um, becoming green companies and it's not only greenwashing. Um, we're seeing at the same time consumers that are increasingly switching to more sustainable products and services and are looking at social purpose, the social issues and how brands react to social issues in the market. And also on the employee side, we're seeing there's an increasing value being placed on responsible and sustainable employers. And so we're providing these customers with the startup solutions in the space, particularly because we see so much demand in it. And we ran for, as an example, our first program focused on the sustainable future in Munich and Berlin. We actually joined two locations because we saw such a demand. Um, and we accelerated 14 companies in the space. One of them is actually also comes from Charlottesville, Australia. They provide companies affordable and powerful access to geospatial AI, including satellite data and machine learning capabilities. Others in the space that are 
have already been in programs in the US, um, for example, Reply, they help companies to better manage, use and share surplus assets and research resources, sorry, such as furniture, electronics, lab supplies, industrial supplies, for example, and their technology combines a virtual marketplace with a modern asset management system to maximize reuse and fulfill a key part of the circular economy. Another example, and, and I love this one too, is Queen of Raw. This is a company that enables businesses to buy and sell unused tech textiles, keeping them out of landfills and turning potential pollution um, into profit. Our strong focus on sustainability will also be reflected in our fall programs globally. And in particular in, in North America, we'll focus on accelerating startups in the energy and natural resources space, as well as retail and consumer industries that have a particular focus on sustainability and making those industries more sustainable going forward and a little on a little plug, but we have applications open. So we're, we're still looking for startups who want to join us on this sustainability journey. And it's really a journey that's from our side is a, is a no equity journey. We try and make this as founder friendly as possible in virtual programs now, mm -hmm. and really offering then the startups access to those customers who are looking for their solutions as the matchmakers between both sides. Well, we're very fortunate because as part of the business and marketing season two, we're going to have an opportunity to speak with a number of these different startups and, and really dig in and, and learn about their businesses in more detail and also understand the ways in which they are scaling their businesses through the support from SAP.io. So very much looking forward to, to hearing from some of these incredible companies that you're working with. But let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about inclusion. So since 2019, I think 50% of the startups that you have worked with have had female and or underrepresented founders or C-level leaders. And I believe by 2023, the plan is to accelerate over 200 startups with a female and or underrepresented founder or leader. I'd love to, to hear a little bit more about this commitment and the sort of power of inclusion, the power of inclusion and diversity, uh, particularly as it relates to SAP's culture uh, and its customers, and also, of course, the startups that you're engaging with. So in general, we believe diversity yields better innovation and is really key to any innovation. So the more diverse opinions and perspectives you can bring to a problem, the better the solution to that problem will be. And therefore, in general, we're committed on SAP's mission to help the world run better and improve people's lives by empowering innovators from all backgrounds to start up with SAP. And in 2019, we launched a program called SAPIO No Boundaries. It's really, it was a pledge and a commitment, and it's the first comprehensive, inclusive entrepreneurship initiative in the business software industry, where we said that at least 40% of the companies we work with have an underrepresented founder in the founding team. And like you said, by 2023, the total number will be 200 plus startups. And since we made that pledge, we can actually see the number is increasing year on year. And we're at 50% at the moment, which is something that we're extremely proud of. We had, if you just take a look at the last two programs that we ran in North America, nine out of the 11 startups 
were founded or led by an underrepresented entrepreneur. And I think the important thing to emphasize is that we're just looking that little bit harder because those companies are out there. We don't make any compromises on the, the quality of the startups, on the, the solutions themselves. These are super innovative companies that have amazing solutions that perfectly fit one of our customers or our customers' needs in general. They just happen to be um, founded or led by an underrepresented entrepreneur and have in general very diverse management teams and we can see that paying off in the long term because these companies will be the most successful ones going forward so we just emphasize the inclusion and diversity part in the selection process to make sure that the companies that we then provide our customers really reflect the world that the customers are living in and working in Let's switch from talking about entrepreneurship and startup acceleration and talk about intrapreneurship. So building something from nothing is generally revered in today's culture, but building something innovative from within an organization is much less talked about. I'm interested if you could share some of your insights that you've gleaned from your work when it comes to spotting growth opportunities or when it comes to building viable solutions that drive business impact, but from within. Yes, so that's my second hat at SAP. I also am responsible for the intrapreneurship activities, and we actually brought these together into one team at the beginning of this year because of the synergies between the entrepreneurial world and the intrapreneurial world. And what we believe is that everyone has the potential to be an entrepreneur or to act in an entrepreneurial way. And what we're trying to do is to really build a culture of innovative thinking, if you will. We encourage really every SAP employee to become their best entrepreneurial self and adopts a founder-like mindset. So our entrepreneurship helps employees to, to turn innovative ideas that they may have, that they've been thinking about, and helps them to turn those into profitable businesses in new markets and really start up with SAP. So they are treated just like a startup is from, by a VC externally. We scout with internally for these ideas by engaging a little more than 10,000 employees, which is about a tenth of our complete employee base. They're engaged in this program every year. And what we try and do is we try and inspire them to come up with new ideas, to meet with other employees, discuss ideas, and then to submit these ideas that then get selected. And then we support them in growing these ideas really to, to the point where they have minimum viable products, where they can get first customer feedback. We take them through an internal accelerator where we have many mentors and advisors working with them. And they really at the end of the year, they then have to pitch to an internal investment committee and they get financing then. And once they get financing, they have about two to three years where they can really incubate and grow this idea to become then a business. And once they, they graduate from this incubator, they then become part of the SAP general portfolio and the founders go with them then and become the leaders of these particular areas. And in general, we believe that a small 
input can lead to a big output and by inspired by best practices in the venture capital market, we really focus on minimum team sizes, quick iterations, rapid validation to drive business impact. And that's actually what the small I and the big O stand for. It's the small input that can lead to a big output in our name. Got it. Let's talk about the mindset, though, for a second, because you talked about how important it is to develop the entrepreneurial mindset and also the fact that pretty much anyone can develop and learn th this kind of particular way of thinking and approaching um, your work. So how do you define or how do you characterize what the mindset really looks like and what it means to be entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial from a sort of a leadership standpoint? So what we tell the intrapreneurs that submit their ideas is, first of all, you need to have a, a big passion for your idea. You need to believe in the idea that you have. And once you believe in that idea, you one first kind of criteria for success is how much can you actually engage with others and convince them that your idea is the idea and the one that they should be supporting and the one that they should get bought into and come and join you in a team. So I think this passion is very important. Um, we look that how collaborative they are, how they can how they can look for support from leaders within their core business areas. We look for employees that can understand a certain business problem and then come up with innovative ways to solve that. And I think the other big kind of character trait, if you want to call it that, is just persistence, right? And if you, I have a wonderful example. I was on a panel as part of our entrepreneurship program in the UK, and there was a colleague who was talking as an alumni. And it turned out that she actually had submitted two years in a row her idea, and she had the opportunity to grow that idea during a four to five month program. She didn't get funding at the end, but she said that how much she learned by that and being persistent in her way of saying, I didn't get funding. I still believe in my idea. I've been working on this all year. I'm going to submit it again, she told me. And this kind of perseverance, believing in the idea that you have, the innovation that you have found, being open enough for feedback, for criticism, constructive criticism, and then continuously looking at how to adapt that idea and really make it in such a way that it it answers a business need is something I think that is really important. And I loved her passion when she was talking about her idea and that she was going to go in for it again and that the whole experience was so great and how much she had learned through that. And I think that's kind of open mindset coupled with a passion and some persistence is exactly what it takes then also to really pass that investment committee, get your funding and then really take your idea to the next level. Yeah, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years and, and often I sort of talk about the, the itch that you will never fully be able to scratch. It's something that I think is kind of deeply embedded to you know anyone who has been on that kind of entrepreneurial journey. And of course, it never really goes away. All right, so let's sort of draw our conversation to a close and, and look ahead a little bit, but also talk a bit about the kind of modern 
toolkit. As I mentioned before, this is season two of the business of marketing that we're kicking off here. We're asking each of our guests to help us define what does it mean to be a modern and progressive leader in today's social, political, and economic landscape. That the, the role of a leader has, of course, shifted just so much, even just over the course of the last like 12 to 18 months. And the there is a sort of a need to develop new skills, new skills that, that perhaps weren't even in the, the sort of the CEO or the leadership toolkit 10 years ago or so. So what's in your toolkit, Alexa, and, and what skills have you had to learn over the last couple of years that have enabled you to, to progress and develop as a leader? So I think also the, the whole COVID situation has shown the need for openness, flexibility and being able to quickly adapt to change is key in every situation there's always an opportunity and to find that opportunity and to see how we can adapt a situation or a team or a product to the changing world and I think again the COVID situation showed how quickly we all had to switch gears change but we've made it into an opportunity for us and to be honest when in March of last year when we looked at our goals and our OKRs for the year I was like oh we might have to adapt this because we're now in a virtual setting we'll never be able to achieve this and then we decided no let's just see how we can push ourselves and come up with creative ways and be flexible in how we approach situations and it turned out to be our best year ever in terms of the matchmaking that I, I said earlier that, that bringing the customers together with startups and I think this openness to a very fast and it's the world is changing faster than it has ever before and I think a general openness to that change and seeing change as an opportunity rather than a, a, a challenge necessarily is something that is going to be increasingly key as we we go forward. So interesting when you look back on the last year and, and what you were just sort of talking about in terms of how working remotely and in a sort of distributed fashion has actually been an accelerant of, exactly. of the work that you do and has in many ways kind of actually removed some of the friction that perhaps previously existed in terms of how you worked with, collaborated and even supported many of the startups that you're working with right now. It's, it's just really interesting to hear that perspective. Well, Alexa, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you so much for sharing the work that you're doing at SAP.io. It's super inspiring. We can't wait to talk to all of the SAP.io startups over the course of season two of the business marketing. So thank you so much again, and best of luck in the coming year. Thank you, Toby. Thanks for listening to The Business of Marketing, brought to you by Adweek and presented in partnership with SAP. The Business of Marketing is produced by Al Manorino. The executive producer is Brian Leddy. Support also provided by Erica Perry and Julian Gamboa. Please take a minute to subscribe and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? 
Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 